Welcome to the next episode of Rocks on Podcast. Today we have got Rocks GM Sean back on the podcast. Sean, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I'm a little bit tired. It's been <laughs> fairly busy last few weeks, as you can imagine. Um, a lot of work. Um, but thankfully, seeing light at the end of the tunnel, obviously, with us now having completed our pre-season, fairly successful pre-season, um, and uh, obviously having this little break weekend and then launching into the, um, the 2nd of October, our first competitive weekend. So it's been a lot of uh, turmoil over the last few weeks and, and indeed a couple of months, but um, yeah, light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> and, and for those, like, obviously, I have a bit of knowledge in that, but as well as you, turmoil during pre-season is a normal thing. Oh, yeah. be pre- <laughs> and this off-season, I suppose... Mental is normal. However, this one's obviously been a little bit different. We had the big news a month or so ago about the sale of the team to the Timoney family, and then more big news about the name change, which we'll touch on a wee bit later. But how has the summer generally gone with all that's kind of gone on? It, it happened fast. We, we were still the, the team that we have currently um, playing for the Rocks. It was recruited under the previous ownership. I think that's probably one thing that, that's worth pointing out. Um, we recruited them fairly early in the summer. We'd been, um, obviously through Scoutery, who you've spoke to before, we'd been looking at guys for quite some time. Uh, I'd, I'd already made quite a few inquiries. We'd like to start the process it doesn't always mean it works out that way, but we like to start the process as early as we can in terms of... Um, starting the nose basically because it takes about 10 nos before you get a yes so and um, we started the process quite early we had everyone signed up fairly um early into the off season um, and then obviously uh, duncan uh, it involved me fairly early in the process um to let me know that this was coming so it didn't necessarily come as a surprise to myself um but I, I don't remember the exact date but came into the the office and informed all the rest of the staff that they the um, the bio have been completed since then. It's been a whirlwind, um, good good whirlwind. But it's been a whirlwind of, of different changes getting made and, and things like that. It, it, at the same time, it's been much the same. That there's not been a material difference in anything at the moment. We're still building on things. We're still getting ready for the season. Um, it's it's at this stage still just trying to understand what the kind of vision of the ownership is obviously they've started to communicate it to, to the fans as well now but in ourselves it's things like seeing the, the new facility that, that we're building towards um it, it's been it's been it happened quick i think from when when duncan first mentioned um that it was going to happen i think probably about two or three weeks later um steve and allison were in the office to give you an idea so that it it, it happened very quick um and it's just been a bit of a whirlwind since, to be honest. And what kind of, obviously we see the kind of new relationship between the, the kind of Scottish BBL side and a Scottish WBBL side. How's that kind of relationship started and how can each other help each other? If that makes yeah, sense? Good, good. We've got, um, it's actually aligned quite well. So the first game of their season, obviously at the Lagoon, um, is against Newcastle this Friday, um, so the 23rd of September. So we don't have a, a game this weekend. So um, it's meant that we can all go along to the game and support the team for one. Um, but there's there's obvious, I mean, we we as a staff already do a lot of things that we can just, rather than doing it for one team, we're doing it over two, be it Callum uh, now has a sponsorship portfolio that can extend over to, to both the BBL and WBBL. There's some really easy, natural kind of um, 
sort of help that, that can we, we can bring into it. Um, we we have a staff that's very experienced in doing things like um, running the pros element of the, the sporting side, um, whereas the, the previously Lady Rocks and then the amalgamation between the, the Gladiators and the Caledonia Pride, they, they obviously have a very extensive history in working with youth development programmes and stuff like that. So there's actually a really good synergy between the two teams. Um, we're still in the early to mid stages of working out exactly how it's all going to piece together. Because um, if we maybe had a little, a few more months in the off season, we could have maybe had it running a little bit faster um, this season. But obviously we've been trying to merge the two teams together at the same time as trying to get two teams on the court ready. So it's been a lot to juggle. Um, but there's some really obvious synergies as well in between the two. So it's just at the moment we're trying to work and, and answer that exact question, be it having things like physiotherapy that covers both clubs, doctors that cover both clubs, merchandise that covers both clubs. And that's where a probably good segue into the, the rebrand question I think you're going to ask um, next is... Um, that's where it becomes a lot easier and that's where it became very obvious that it was very important that we, we act on that now rather than spend a full season of promoting two separate brands um, and all the challenges that would have came with that. There's also um, a big rebrand going on at the league you would have started to see getting launched today. Um, we wanted to be ahead of that as much as possible. Um, so that, that all these amongst a million other things, sort of triggered the, the rebrand to happen sooner rather than later. And now it's a matter of properly amalgamating all the clubs and seeing how we can work together. So let's get on that. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about, obviously, the name change. And obviously, for, there's been a real big mixed uh, response so far online. So for those who have actually, in your opinion, what does the kind of gladiators mean? The gladiators element of it is simply, um, it's it's combatants at uh, the highest level of their sport, um, which is exactly what we're wanting to be, performing in front of a crowd. It's as simple as that. It's it's men and ladies, it's it's um people at the the, the top of their profession um competing. Um so that that's where that kind of comes in. The the, the Caledonia parts obviously that's the Latin for for Scotland. So that one kind of leans into that as well. In terms of the the sort of feedback, positive and negative. I've I've been involved in rebrands in the past as well, um, both at the SWPL when I first started uh, back then. Uh, that was the league rebrand. I've been involved with the Brayheads clan into Glasgow clan rebrand, and now obviously this as well. Um, and and there's always feedback, very positive and very negative. People are quite resistant to change. Um, so it's not surprising. The one thing I really wanted to double down on, and it was myself that kind of, along with Daniel and, and the guys at the Doom Brothers, that, that kind of curated that little video that we put together. Uh, and then my quote as well is, I really wanted to make it clear that we're still the same team. It's still Gareth at the sidelines, Johnny hitting threes. It's, it's still very much our history that we're we're, we're adding to rather than taking away from it's not um i've seen some kind of negative comments around that so I try to whitewash the history it's not that at all i feel very proud i'm currently sitting in front of a, a rocks logo behind me and things like that. i feel very very proud of of glasgow rocks and all the different versions of it that existed in the past that i remember my first game was at brayhead i remember going there watching the basketball for the first time being excited as a kid i'm i'm 
proud of that history and we're absolutely not wanting to lose that. Absolutely not. We'll be doing many things over the, the year just to, to to double down on that. I don't want to give away too much because some of it's exciting, but certainly things that have been previously mentioned will be continuing, like Johnny's testimonial. It's really important that, that he's still given that. It's been a difficult one for him to get together between COVID and COVID. obviously <laughs> usually it's traditionally year 10 and it's now year 12 and all these kind of things. But no, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be a plethora of things that will make it very obvious that we're still very, very proud of our history. Um, it's just wanting to add to it. I suppose this is where, from a business sense, taking the club into the next level is one will hopefully long term a lot more bring in a lot more success. And um, the kind of as you touched on the synergy between the two will definitely help each other's BBL team and the WBBL team. And, and it would have been very difficult for, for many reasons we've already kind of touched on of branding, merchandising, what the game days look like, crossover of staff, all these kind of things would have been very, very difficult. And it became ultra apparent as we started to try and do it, to do that under two brands. So the decision was made, yeah, okay, there'll be some teething problems. There will be. Uh, I'm currently trying to work out how I get the uh, the centre court logo, which had been painted on for about 12 years, what what I do with that. Uh, of course, there'll be teething problems. We've got our jerseys today. I think uh, I was we were on a kind of big GM chat on WhatsApp, and I think we're one of the only teams that's got their uh, their kits this year. The only problem is, obviously, it's Glasgow Rocks kit that we've got. Um, so uh, there, there's, of course, going to be teething problems. Um, but I think long-term... There'll be this little bit of heart will experience over the next couple of weeks um, in terms of um, all these small issues of rebranding and getting ourselves into the, the new way of things. will be worth it when we have this really strong singular brand that's obviously looking long term at, 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 at success and having its own facility and things like that. Obviously, look at that. Obviously, without saying or saying what you can at this stage, how excited should Rock fans be about the potential? And what new arena and obviously we've heard past about plans and things have got maybe not necessarily started but ideas were released but like how serious are Stephen Allison on this well I've, I've obviously done a, I think the last time I was on this podcast I was talking about facilities so um, you'll be aware of where we were um, and that was exciting the, the, the analogy I've used is that if that if the plans that we had in the north were were a kind of step forward this is a a, a jump this is this is like five or six steps ahead of where we would have been um, if, if the move to Easter House had gone ahead. Not to say we won't be involved in Easter House. I, I can't really announce what the plans are going to go there, but it's still going to basketball. Um, and it's, there's still going to be opportunities for us to be involved with all the partners that we were working with in that area. I think that's really important that we we do in, 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 in something that we're um, in dialogue with the, the partners that we were working with at the moment on, just to make sure that we are, the promises that we made and the, the, the vision that we had for that area still proceeds, because we, we don't want to just walk away. Um, and as I say, I don't want to announce, because it's not even happened yet, but it looks like that'll be quite easy, because there'll still be a basketball facility in Easterhouse. Um, but the, the plans, just to get you excited a little bit, the, and, and again, you're right, I, I can't see too much, but Steve's already listed kind of what we're working to, which is a 6,000-seater arena, um, something that can host European basketball, something that has accommodation on site, something that can host multinational camps, um, something that's got a four- or three-court practice um, facility built alongside, not even inside, alongside 
um, the, the main um, court that we'll be playing on, uh, the show court. Um, obviously, a show court with three um, courts on the minimum. Um, you're talking some of the most... It, it, the plan is that it's agile, so it can react quickly to things, so we don't have problems like right now where we're sitting in the, the home of the Davis Cup and we were supposed to play our own home game here on uh, our opening home game indeed on the 25th of September and it can't happen because they take a week to take a take up a tennis court put down a basketball court and um, we, we can't have that we're working to, to hours if not day but hours um, change around time agile um, is, is the word for that um, and yeah the plan is that it's the most technologically advanced sporting facility in the UK, if not in Europe. It, it is to, it's going to be absolutely groundbreaking. It's going to be revolutionary and it's going to change the sport. Um, we want to work with, um, this is only early in planning, but we want to work with GB to try and alleviate some of their problems that they've got in terms of not being able to get space to train before some of these big tournaments of sort of Eurobasket and things like that. We want to host GB games up here. Now this and we just saying want to we've, we've not um there's not been a lot of work done on that but I think the the facility will speak for itself and it would be looked at. Um, I don't know the agreement that they have in Newcastle for example. And I'm not wanting to take away from Newcastle either. We want everything's about adding. We want to add value. We want to have youth development camps spilling out of there we want to have development camps um and all the the sort of in fact i was going to say glasgow but i'm wrong is that the central belt if not all of scotland we want to have these outreach camps these development areas we want to help the local teams that are already existing and playing out, out their their current facilities we're not looking to take over in any way we need competition um scotland needs competition we can't just have one team that's that's wiping the floor with everyone um, so we, we want to, to develop basketball at a grassroots level. And the easy way to do that is, is our facility that we're looking at and as well as um, everything that will get brought out of that. Talking just very briefly about the, the plans for the players. Um, it'll have, it's already got a lot of kind of pleasure facilities that will be excellent for them in terms of rehab and um, and fun and things like that as well. I, I don't want to give away too much, so I'm be very careful what I'm saying now because, um, yeah, I need to be careful. But uh, it, it's it, it's going to be an excellent place for them to live, for them to stay, um, and for them to hopefully continue to return. Because one thing that the new ownership is very clear on is they want this one to be a bastion of British basketball. Two, they they want this to be one of the main places for Americans or, or indeed any uh, nationality to want to come stay and play. They don't want these one year um, sort of recruits to come here, go to, for example, in Jordan Harris, uh, Poland. Um, they want them to come here, make their life here, get used to the fans here. And then that's how you want people to buy the the shirt, the name on the back of the shirt kind of thing and, and de develop that deep connection. Nice. And that all sounds amazing. And hopefully we see that happen soon rather than later what are we talking a time period on this stuff or the, the main the most important thing for us right now because of the aforementioned davis cup and all these problems that we've got is get our training facility built that's that's massive for even our academy system that we want and all these kind of things so training facility is priority number one and um, we want that that asap and um, there's already a um sort of leisure facilities and, and gym and things like that on site and um, 
but the, the, the training facility is the next big part to unlock. The actual facility itself for a game day, uh, the plan is that we're this year here at the Emirates ourselves with a couple of um, sort of WBBL games here. Next year, with, with the WBBL playing, obviously, in the, the Lagoon. Next year, it's all going to be one game day at the Emirates, building towards the following year, which will be our one game day at the um, the new facility. So it's two more years at the Emirates, one as is, basically. Second year is the, the proper Caledonia Gladiators game day, start to end. And then um, in, in the third year, it would be us moving to this facility. So let's just touch on this season in terms of kind of fan experience. Obviously, before the takeover ownership, I and mean, probably you guys had plans in place for what game day and game nights will look like for fans. Is there anything you can can let us know on that? Yeah, of course. I'm all, I'm always looking to try and kind of improve on on game days and things like that. The the main one for me is actually getting ourselves in the main arena. I have still not seen a main arena game. It, 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 uh, the Emirates, so um, I'm really looking forward to, I think it's now the 30th of December, obviously it would have been the 25th yeah, of September, but the 30th of December when we're playing Newcastle here, uh, I'm really wanting to absolutely rock the place with um, with that one, um, so I'm looking forward to that, but it's it's just it's incremental uh, improvements, the main one for me actually is not, yes the game day, don't get me wrong, that's absolutely vitally important, but uh, my actual immediate concern right now is getting everything rebranded in terms of court and, and all the stuff that, that we've got along the side, all the raffle tickets, all the pop-ups, all these kind of things. Um, but we are looking to to improve the game day. We've got some changes that have been made to the announcer, for example. Not not that we've made the changes. It was um, Kieran's retired. Um, he'll still be involved at arm's length. We've got a new announcer. So there's some slightly... Um, Groundbreaking news for everyone because I know Kieran was great and has done it for a long time. Um, that's going to allow us to make a few changes as well that we're wanting to make in terms of we're wanting to bring in more dance groups alongside the Rockettes. Obviously, they're still working on their name change as well um, and things like that um, around the game day. So we're still working on all that. We, we we're wanting we're wanting it to be longer term uh, a legitimate. NBA challenger uh, in terms of the game day. It won't necessarily get there this season, um, but we're, that's that's more the plan for when we move to the facility longer term. But we'll be building towards that from this season, from our kind of running start, if that makes sense. Sean, my next question for you, let's get back on talking about on-court kind of stuff. How, how have the guys looked? How have the guys settled into life in Glasgow? And how relieved are you to have them all on court and arrived in the country? On time, we've all yeah. That that's always a challenge. The new changes to um, the visas and stuff like that, thankfully, make that a bit easier. Where you, you can actually just bring them in and get them um, extended in country rather than have to arrange visa meetings over in America and all that. And they have to take a bunch of paperwork and all these kind of things. It's a bit of a nightmare to organise. So being able to actually physically drive them to the their meeting is always a, a benefit. Yeah, they came in, so start of September, um, it was a matter of getting them in, getting them orientated. Four of them are rookies having never left America before. I won't say names, but one of them didn't even have a passport uh, and arrived slightly late because he was waiting on his first passport arriving. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's some of the challenges you encounter. Um, but it's first few weeks. It's about telling them, make sure they're comfortable where they live. It's about how they get to train. And it's about literally 
arranging a driving instructor to to teach them stick shift, as they call it, um, manual cars, obviously. You mean you've not got well them automatics? No, 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 no. We've got a fleet of um, of manual cars. Oh, I would love to have automatics. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But our cars are nice. I don't know if you've seen them. The cars we've got are lovely. That's the one downside. Lovely big cars. The one downside we have is that they are manual. The, the guys actually, at first they hate it and then they like it because they feel like they've been taught something that they can now, they can go into any country and drive and all yeah. these kind of things. They, they do kind of like it eventually, but it's a bit of a a scary one at first for them. So we, we arrange a driving instructor so that they can get lessons. Yeah, and then it's taking them out to the sponsors, getting them used to life in Glasgow, how they get in and out of the city, how they get to train, and um, obviously getting them. Meeting everyone's really important. The the first few days we usually have is like integration with each other. They meet the sports psychologist, they meet the physio, all these kind of things. Then we had that first weekend of pre-season, which was uh, obviously the Scottish Invitational. We weren't able to host it this time, thankfully, St. Run Ware. Um, we we obviously won the first two games um, solidly, and then the, um, we'd already won the tournament by the time the third game came along. So a lot of people don't necessarily realise this, but um, we actually then played an all-star on the third game, if that makes sense. So Chris Cleary, obviously an ex-Rocks player, um, it jumped in with Belfast, etc. And, and, and we played a kind of tournament all-star team. Um, so that was good. Um then I'd say that the, the 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 week after that, which was last week, we really started to kick up on all the S and C stuff, everything else that's come with it, massage, all the the proper uh, profiling and all that had came in. Um, following ahead of obviously this weekend's double away trip, thankfully double away trip because initially it was obviously only Cheshire that we'd initially put that weekend aside for, which you'll maybe remember last season we had a, a pre-season tournament down in Cheshire which involved multiple teams. Initially it was supposed to be four but Belfast actually ended up with COVID um, so it ended up just being the three of us. Um, that was the intention again but the, it kind of fell through so we were just playing a straight up game um, on Sunday against Cheshire and then thankfully Vince had messed messaged us um, just mid or early last week um, and we were able to make it work where we, we travelled down on the Saturday, played them behind closed doors, stayed and then played on the Sunday as well. So managed to get a couple of good competitive away games and good wins as well. Um, I know not a lot of people necessarily would have seen too much of the footage, but um, everything kind of clicked, um, particularly in that second game. But um, good competitive games, everyone contributing. There's a small issue um, that we're just waiting to find out in terms of, um, unfortunately, Fraser Malcolm had taken a knock in, in one of the games, so he's getting looked at by the physio at the moment. The good thing is we have a weekend's break off, so that kind of <laughs> um, helps with that as well. Um, so we're just waiting to find out what the outcome of that is. But everyone contributed, and by everyone, I'm including some of the youngsters in terms of uh, William Kemp, etc., and, and Jack Hensher, who and Oscar Baldwin, who, who contributed with minutes, points, rebounds, etc., as well. So, no, it was good. It was good. Um, I, it's it's always hard to tell with preseason, not from both That's our perspective. Was the on court aims? Yeah, exactly. From both our perspective <laughs> and from the other team's perspective, because Cheshire on Sunday, for example, I believe are a couple of imports down from their their quota and and things like that as well. So it's always hard to tell. That first game on on September, sorry, on October second is, is is where we'll really learn. Let's be honest. But um, yeah, the the expectations. I think this year is going to be the first step, I've used step a lot, but the first step in a, a long and successful future. Um, the main aims, as always, are be, be competitive in every game, compete in every game, try and 
obviously win silverware ideally it'll be tough with some of the changes in the league and I don't need to even go into that everyone will know what I mean um, some of the rosters that have been assembled across, across the league are incredibly incredibly deep um, and competitive um, but yeah to try and get ourselves as far in tournaments as we can high up the league as we can um, and see what we can do but we have a young exciting team we have four rookies let's see what they can do let's 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 see if we can we can um, get that outside chance at winning something, which is always our, our aim at the start of the season. Um, and yeah, we'll take it from there. Just a quick one. It, it starts, it starts up, that that first game is important. That first game is really important. Big game against Surrey, and it's a single knockout tie in the cup. We lose that, we're already one piece of silverware down. So that's that's whilst we talk about lofty big cap focuses and, and what's the campaign going to look like. I'm only focused on that game in September. Eh, I keep saying September on October 2nd because that is a winner-takes-all all tie. Yeah. We win that. We're playing Sheffield in the, the quarter-final eh, away in another s- single game. Eh, and we know, having seen it last year, we know we can win there. Eh, I'm referring to, obviously, Jordan Harris's wonder um, 0.2 second um, layup that he got um, last season. So, um and then you, you do you win that and you're in a semi final already, so we can see your path. Um, but it starts that October second game. Just a quick one, just going back to what you said there earlier. Earlier on, obviously the changes made. Just quickly sum up what can the salary cap rule change mean long term for the franchise? It, it means that we're limited by our own growth, um, so it puts the owners back on the clubs to to grow uh, revenue to get investment into the clubs to to push on um i think it allows us as as a league to be more competitive in europe um i would say i was surprised when i first came into basketball a few years ago of the the lack of to be honest stature that, that the the bbl was regarded in europe um and i'm not talking about necessarily big nations, I'm talking about some small to middle nations where, where they regard their national leagues as a far superior quality to ours and I would I would refute that and doubt that. I think the BBL has to establish itself in Europe again um, and it allows us to do that. So long t- short term, again, it's one of these ones, it's, it's going to be tough for, for everyone to compete against. Let's be honest, we're talking about London here. <laughs> we're trying to be political, I think, but we're talking about London. Um, it's going to be tough for us to compete against London uh, immediately, but it, it, it throws the gauntlet at the other teams as well and said, look, let's see what you can do. Um, and it's one thing I think is really important about that is to, to mention it, the league's focus is that this is done in a sustainable way. We're looking to grow the league, not just spend big and do well. The growth is the, the important part of it. Um, and, and yes, obviously London are spending big this season and, and no, it probably doesn't make a business case, but uh, there's there's long-term big plans um, that they've got down there. Um, and I think it'll be good for the league. I think it'll be good for the league. And, and we want a healthy rivalry. I think Glasgow-London sells really well. Um, it's a it's the biggest team in Scotland versus the biggest team, sorry, biggest city in Scotland versus the biggest city in uh, in England. If you were going the Glasgow-London route or obviously Caledonia, it's Scotland versus England. It, it, it's perfect uh, as a rivalry for me. I know obviously traditional rivals, Newcastle, and I'm not getting away from that at all, but um, I think it could be a, a blockbuster uh, tie um, down the line. And I'm looking forward to seeing 
that progress. Sean, last one for you, if you can. Give the fans a message for kind of building up the season and yeah, give us something to be excited for. Of course, we've got some fantastic young players that are coming along to play here. We've got a WBBL team now directly associated with the club. There's going to be some exciting games there starting this week, actually, Friday. I'd, I'd recommend you try and get along to that as well. Um, we've got a restructured and exciting league format and cup format that involves single knockout games, that involves everyone playing everyone an equal amount of time. So uh, all that that argument that happened in the past of, oh, you play London twice a week this, this time, you played that, and that that's all gone. Um, and, and for us, it's it's another year of growth. We've got Gareth, obviously, first year just on the sidelines. We've got Fraser, who is, was particularly at the end of last year, absolutely on fire. We've got Al back, obviously injured towards the end of last year. Kyle Jimenez, this is me just focusing on the Scot, focusing the Scottish guys as well. Kyle Jimenez, just off the back of an absolutely fantastic Commonwealth Games, probably the star player. We've got Johnny. Obviously, I don't need to explain Johnny. Everyone knows what they're getting with Johnny. And then an exciting young core of, of players from across America for rookies. And again, you don't know what you're going to get. There could be some absolute gems, and we, we think and hope that there is um, in there. So um, it, it's it's going to be an exciting season. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be, here's a good one. COVID doesn't get mentioned. We're going to have a season that doesn't mention restricted behind closed doors games, hopefully. We're not going to have any of that. We're not going to have to get tested the way in. So we're, we're, we're getting our first full-on genuine shot at this. Um, in terms of even a game day uh, perspective, so we're we're raring to go. We're uh, get exciting times coming to the club, and this is the first step for it. Brilliant, Sean. Thanks as always for joining us on the podcast, and yeah, look forward to catching up to you at, with you at the first game. Thank you.